we invite you to please stand and turn toward the procession. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. God of all mercy and consolation, come to the help of your people, turning us from our sin to live for you alone. Give us the power of your Holy Spirit, that we may confess our sin, receive your forgiveness, and grow into the fullness of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Amen. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Most merciful God, we confess that we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. We are and by what we have left in them. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us, and for his sake, God forgives us all of our sin. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all your sin. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, you anointed Jesus at his baptism with the Holy Spirit and revealed him as your beloved Son. 
Keep all who are born of water and the Spirit faithful in your service, that we may rejoice to be called children of God. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. reading comes from Isaiah chapter 43 verses 1 through 7. A reading from Isaiah. But now thus says the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name, you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt as your ransom, Ethiopia and Seba in exchange for you, because you are precious in my sight, and I am honored, and I love you. I give people in return for you, nations in exchange for your life. Do not fear. For I am with you. I will bring your offspring from the east, and from the west I will gather you. I will say to the north, give them up, and to the south, do not withhold. Bring my sons from far away, and my daughters from the end of the earth, everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. The word of the Lord.
Our second reading comes from Acts chapter 8, verses 14 through 17. A reading from Acts. Now when the apostles at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. The two went down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit, for as yet the Spirit had not come upon any of them. They had only been baptized and in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. The word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. As the people were filled with expectation and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Messiah, John answered all of them by saying, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I is coming. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his granary, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. Now when all the people were baptized, and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son, the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. A voice came from heaven. You are my son, my beloved. With you, I am well pleased. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today we commemorate the baptism of Jesus, but I thought it would be fun to start with that little reading that we have from the book of Acts. And it's a reading that deserves some context. It takes place very early in the life of the church, and this reading that we have actually is fairly close to the first martyrdom in the church when Stephen was stoned just outside of the gates of Jerusalem. Up until that point, some pretty incredible things had been happening in the church. It's growing. They're gathering in one another's homes. They're breaking bread together. They're sharing all of their possessions in common. And according to the second chapter of Acts, day by day, God is adding to their numbers. But at this time, the church is confined only to the small city at that time of Jerusalem the place where Jesus was crucified, raised from the dead, where he ascended into heaven, and where the Holy Spirit at Pentecost was showered upon the disciples. All of that is in Jerusalem. But now we've got some problems. The church is running into some resistance. In fact, this is manifest in the stoning of the prophet Stephen, And many of our first sisters and brothers in the faith begin to flee the city, to become refugees, as it were, and to take to the hillsides. But of course, the amazing thing is that even in the midst of that tension, the gospel keeps spreading miraculously. But now, outside of Jerusalem, and even we learn from the second lesson today, even in a place like, ugh, Samaria. Samaria? Now, as I'm sure you know, no self-respecting Jew would so much as speak to a Samaritan, right? I mean, ethnically, Jews considered Samaritans to be mutts, mongrels, half-breeds, unclean, which is kind of odd because the Samaritans are also descendants of the tribes of Ephraim, Manasseh, and Levi, part of the family of Israel. But to the Jews, 
The Samaritan people are a lower caste, the bottom rung of the ladder. And the feeling also was quite mutual between the Samaritans and the Jews. The Samaritans, for their part, also despised their Jewish counterparts with every inch of their lives. What's funny is that this reason to hate each other was biblical, came from Scripture. Isn't that nice? Let's use the Bible to find a way to hate one another, hmm? the gospel of the Lord. You see, the Samaritans recognize only the Torah, only those five books of Moses, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. The Jews recognize the law, the Torah, and the prophets. The Jews held that the center of worship was Jerusalem, Mount Moriah, Zion, where the temple was built. But for the Samaritans, their temple, their place of worship would be at Mount Gerizim, also known as Shechem, that place where Moses gathered the 12 tribes of Israel when they first got to the promised land. The Jews, of course, celebrate Passover in Jerusalem. Samaritans celebrate Passover at Shechem. Samaritan thinks the temple should have been built in Shechem, not Jerusalem. And by the way, this continues to today. Modern-day Shechem is the city of Nablus, which comes from the word Neapolis, Greek, new city. The Romans named it Nablus. And today, that is also part of the West Bank, not part of the Jewish state of Israel. It's the West Bank. And there today, there's a wonderful little refugee camp in which a kilometer holds about 40,000 refugees. Wouldn't that be nice to be there? This separation still exists today. Jews and Samaritans, related by blood, brought together by faith and tradition, call upon the same name of God, and they hate each other. Isn't that nice? Until one day, one of the apostles, Philip, who left Jerusalem, walks into a Samaritan village, and he begins to tell them about the gospel of Jesus Christ, that the God who came and walked on this earth, who was crucified, died, and was risen from the dead, and ascended to the Father, that God loves each and every one of them just as he loves all people. And those Samaritans, even though they were hearing it from a Jew, they believed. Now our second reading for today. Philip walks into the apostles' room. Isn't that an odd thing in Scripture? What, what was that, a corporate office building, the apostles' room? Is there a long table? They do apostly things in there. Philip has been outside the city of Jerusalem. He's sweaty. He's out of breath from his journey, covered in dust, hasn't shaved. But everyone is glad to see him because, unlike Stephen, he is alive. And then he tells the disciples there, guess what? I went into Samaria, I preached the gospel, and they believe. You can sort of see the collective mouth of the other disciples just hit the floor. What do you mean they believe? Maybe even someone like Thomas said, I doubt it. Yeah, work with me here, okay? <laughs> In fact, they all doubted it. They doubted it so much that they sent Peter and John to confirm it. Go see, did this really happen? But it was true. And since the Samaritans weren't in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost, Peter and John decided to lay hands on them, and then they too received the Holy Spirit there and then. And from that point on, because the disciples decide to step out of Jerusalem, the gospel begins to spread like wildfire from Samaria all over Judea to the Gentiles all around the Mediterranean basin. Nothing was off limits. No one was unreachable. Everyone was included in the good news of Jesus Christ risen from the dead, which is in fact what makes it good news that everyone is included. And just to state the obvious, nothing has changed. No one yet is outside the love of God in Christ Jesus, nor will they ever be. 
No one yet is outside the grace, grace, love, forgiveness of God revealed in Jesus, nor will they ever be. Today in the church, we commemorate the baptism of Jesus. We read about it. It's familiar to us. It comes to us in multiple different gospels accounts in multiple different ways. But this is the day when we celebrate that Jesus is baptized. The heavens are opened up. The Holy Spirit descends upon Jesus in the form of a dove, and a voice says, you are my son, the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. At the baptism of Jesus, God's intentions for his son are made crystal clear. He's anointed king, but anointed in a way unlike any king before or after. It's not with pomp and circumstance, fancy robes and high rituals. It's not fragrant oil poured over his hair. It's not one guy lifted up is now better and higher and more important than everybody else. It's Jesus in the River Jordan, that muddy river stripped down with hundreds if not thousands of other people. He's baptized by this un underqualified hermit named John the Baptist, calling all of them to die to self and rise to new life. Luke says all the people were baptized, all of them. And when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, he's anointed king. You are my son, my heir, my beloved, and with you I am well pleased. If you want to know what some people don't like about the church. It is not very popular, this idea that all are welcome. Let me suggest to you that it started when Jesus went down to the river to pray. The same Holy Spirit which descended upon Christ at his baptism is the same Spirit that descends upon all of the people that were at the day of Pentecost. The same Holy Spirit that prompts Peter and John to put on their big boy pants and to go to Samaria and to lay hands on Samaritans of all people that Philip had baptized. And it's that same Holy Spirit in whose name we gather every day and in whose name we baptize Father, Son, and Holy Spirit that we believe is for all people and for life. The world is still mourning the the death of Bishop Desmond Tutu, who I heard in a youth gathering in Dallas talk about a confirmation quiz that he used to give to kids. The strange thing was, was what he remembered about this confirmation quiz that he gave to kids was the best answer ever given was the wrong one. The question he used to ask was, what did the voice from heaven say to Jesus when he was baptized? And I could just remember Bishop Tutu standing there in Dallas on the stage and just shivering almost with this answer. The answer, of course, is what did the voice say? You are my beloved son. With you I am well pleased. But one time he asked the student this question, and the student said, uh, the voice said, you are my son, now go act like it. <laughs> Don't you love that? Whether we're sprinkled or dunked, whether we are tiny infants or adults, whether it was in a river or in a baptistry, whether it was Pentecostal, Roman Catholic, Lutheran, Methodist, Baptist, Presbyterian, whether we're a Jew or a Samaritan, liberal or conservative, here's the deal. We all share the same baptismal bath water. It's all the same. So let's get this straight. When it comes to the love and mercy of God, no one can predict it, no one can control it, no one can contain it, no one can ever limit that love. The scripture says that all the baptized, whoever we are, whatever our background, ethnicity, nationality, gender, orientation, or theological flavor, when we're baptized, we are all filled with the Spirit of God. Joint heirs with Christ, Paul says. A royal priesthood, Peter says. The Spirit of God works through and in us, just as the Spirit of God worked through and in the early church in Philip and Peter and John. That same Spirit of God also works in and through you today and through everyone who is washed in the water. 
And if you listen, whenever we have a baptism in this church, or whenever you remember your baptism, if you listen closely, see if you can hear the voice from the heaven once again, saying, you are my children, you are my beloved, all of you. Now get up out of the water and act like it. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. confess our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father, through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and became truly believed. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate, he suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again, in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Heavenly Father, may the Holy Spirit of the Lord be with us as we gather in faith today. We rejoice and give thanks to be your children. O God of light, we remember our baptism knowing that we are called children of God. As we are all thankful for the blessings from God, we must also live to bear good fruit so that others too may share these blessings. We take what we need and share with those who have nothing. O oh God of light, 
We pray that our church can help those suffering from fires and tornadoes and other natural disasters. We pray that we can share enough coats with those who are cold, food with those who are hungry, and medical care with those in need. We pray that we can offer hope to those who see none. O God of light, we pray for the people of our nation, that we look for ways to come together and see our common humanity. May we find a spirit of kindness that can overcome divisions that keep us apart and understand that we all should rejoice and be filled with your spirit. O God of light, guide our church through the new year. Help us to fulfill our ministry, grow in faith and accomplishments, and spread your spirit far and wide. Help the children in our congregation grow in faith and knowledge becoming the good fruit that we plant. Watch over the members of our church and help them keep the spirit. O God of light, give us the wisdom and strength to overcome the virus that is all around us. Give us the clarity to see what needs to be done and that we follow through with what you have shown us. Help us to hear what should be heard and to ignore what should be cast aside. O God of light, Help those of us who have lost loved ones, who have hardships or are suffering, who need your help and guidance, especially those we name now or in our hearts. O oh God of light, hear us we are filled with your spirit, O oh God, and place our faith in you. O oh God of light, hear us we offer these and all our prayers in the name of Jesus Christ, the light of the world. Amen. The peace of Christ be with you always. Let us share that peace with one another. Welcome to our service of worship today. We're glad that you're here. Special welcome uh, to those who are joining us online, which keeps increasing every week. So I don't know if that's just in Franklin County or where, but we're getting more and more hits every week. So uh, we are glad to have you here as well. So I was in my first cup of coffee this morning about 6.15, 6.30 when my phone rang. That's never good. <laughs> it was Pastor Tim. And Pastor Tim had tested positive for COVID. Uh, he had a home test and he didn't feel well yesterday. He had been tested earlier in the week because he was traveling, but he tested positive. So he will be out of the office, obviously, uh, for several days. But it also means that I needed to hurry up and get a sermon, right? On the same text, though, uh, afterwards I sent it out, Pastor Jim, luckily, was preaching over at Clinton Heights today. So Pastor Jim came and preached. I get a little buzz back here. Uh, Pastor Jim uh, came and preached the 815 service here, then went over there and preached, and he sent me a copy of his sermon. <laughs> Isn't that a deal? So the sermon today is actually not mine. It's brought to you by Pastor Jim. He sent it to me. I took it off of the computer and looked at it and thought, I can put some lipstick on that pig. <laughs> I can make that preach. No. <laughs> But I am thankful for uh, Pastor Jim that he offered his sermon to me. So that's all his, except I was at the youth gathering when Bishop Tutu was there. So I also did hear him uh, say those words as well. Next Sunday, we're receiving new members into our church family. If you're interested in joining with us, please let me or the office know, and we'll get you ready for that. Because of Pastor Tim's illness, the kickoff to the new men's Bible study that was going to be tomorrow night is going to be postponed. Uh, we don't know when yet, but Pastor Tim will get back to you when he's up and going. By the way, he's been vaccinated and boosted. He does not feel very bad at all, uh, but he just needs a few days, obviously, uh, to recover. But keep him in your prayers. The other thing that is coming up in the life of the church, as some of you may know, is that we have Afghan refugees uh, these are people who helped us for many, many years in the war in Afghanistan who are now in the United States. Most of them are either in Virginia or Texas. So far, 33 of those families have located here in the Columbus area. 
but there are 65 to 70 more people and families coming by February 15th. We partner with a refugee resettlement group, and it's a very long name, and I'm not going to say it now, but we partner with them. We are going to marshal the efforts of this congregation to help those people in need. We will be giving you information about how you can help. The good thing is we don't need to reinvent the wheel. There's always a group that does this. There's volunteering that's needed. There's transportation that needed. Obviously, they need donations as well. We're going to be getting all of that out to you. Why? Because that's what we do. And by the way, Lutherans have been in the refugee resettlement process for literally centuries, if you don't know that or not. Uh, so we are excited about this opportunity. Do you know we haven't had closet calls for a couple of years? I know you miss it like I do. Sometimes I can't fall asleep because of the tears of not having closet. I, I know, I know. We're going to take a section of our fellowship hall, though, and allow you to bring things in to help them with apartment items. That's one of the things they most need. So we're going to have you bring it in, and then we will get it to them. So you're going to get information about all of this very soon. We met yesterday, so this is all very new, but we'll be sending you out information about how we can help these people in need, people who have been friends and patriots to us, and we're going to be able to help them resettle their new lives here in the United States. And by the way, it's not just Columbus. You realize these people are being settled all over uh, the nation. So we're going to let you know how you might help with that effort. So watch your newsletters, watch your pastor pages, and you'll be hearing a lot more about that. Other things are cranking up again here in the church uh, this week. Uh, so Bible studies and things like that will be happening again. But now we continue our service of worship with the offering.
Blessed are you, O holy God, you are the life and light of all. By your powerful word, you created all things. Through the prophets, you called your people to be a light to the nations. Blessed are you for Jesus, your son. He is your light shining in our darkness and revealing to us your mercy and might. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread. He gave thanks and he broke it. And he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup. He gave thanks, and he gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people, for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. Remembering, therefore, his preaching and healing, his dying and rising, and his promise to come again, we await that day when all the universe will rejoice in your holy and life-giving light. By your Spirit, bless us and this meal, that refreshed with this heavenly food, we may be light for the world, revealing the brilliance of your Son. Through him, all glory and honor is yours, Almighty Father with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, both now and forever. Amen. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Give us our sins as we forgive. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. The kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated.
We give you thanks, gracious God, for we have feasted on the abundance of your house. Send us to bring good news and to proclaim your favor to all. Strengthen with the richness of your grace in your Son, Jesus Christ. into a weary world, share the good news. Thanks be to God. 